Hello, and welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. And with that, on to the show. I'm your host, Erin, Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. Today, I am going to read the first chapter or two, actually, of The Beatrice Prophecy by Kate DiCamillo. And I say I'm going to read one or two because the way this book is set up, the chapters are super short, and you can actually read a lot of the book and time flies by, which is what happened to me when I was reviewing this. If you were able to come to the North Liberty Library a couple years ago and see Kate DiCamillo speak with us, it was wonderful. She is a fantastic author, and I'm sure that a lot of you out there have probably read at least one of her books in the past. But this is her newest one, and it is illustrated by Sophie Blackall, who is a favorite illustrator of mine. And the fact that the two of them are working together on this book is just amazing. Her illustrations are in black and white throughout this book. So it's not a picture book, don't worry, it just has some illustrations in there. So this book combines some of my favorite things, Kate DiCamillo and Sophie Blackall to uh, begin with, but it's also history and it takes place in the Middle Ages and one of my favorite things to look at are illustrated manuscripts that began flourishing with the monks in the monasteries at this time. And also, it stars a goat. And it's not a nice goat. So, with all that being said, I am going to start. So, this book has been dedicated to Betty Guff DiCamillo, and Sophie Blackall actually dedicated it to Kate DiCamillo. So, here we go. It is written in the Chronicles of Sorrowing that one day there will come a child who will unseat a king. The prophecy states that this child will be a girl. Because of this, the prophecy has long been ignored. Book the First. And there's an illustration on this page that shows a goat headbutting a monk in a pasture and a flower pot is flying off of his head. N. Swalika was a goat with teeth that were the mirror of her soul, large, sharp, and uncompromising. One of the goat's favorite games was to lull the monks of the Order of the Chronicles of Sorrowing into a sense of complacency by arranging her features in a benign and indifferent expression. For weeks, she would bite no one. When approached, she would merely stare into the distance as if she were considering something profound. And then, when the brothers had relaxed their guard, thinking that perhaps somehow Enswelica had changed, the goat would come from behind and butt them in the backside as hard as she was able. She was very strong and she had a very hard head. Because of this, the goat was able to send the monks flying great distances through the air. When they landed, she bit them. She was a goat 
who formed peculiar and inexplicable antipathies, taking an intense dislike to certain individuals. She would stalk a particular brother, waiting for him in the purple shadow of a building, and then she would leap out and make an unholy noise that sounded like the scream of a demon. The monk, terrified, undone, would scream too. The monk and the goat would then engage in a duet of screaming until the goat was satisfied and trotted away looking beatific, leaving behind her a trembling, weeping monk. The brothers of the Order of the Chronicles of Sorrowing would have liked to butcher her, but they were afraid of the ghost of Answelica. The monks agreed among themselves that the ghost of the goat would surely be more vicious and determined, more impossible to outwit than the flesh and blood goat. How would she seek her revenge from the afterworld? It beggared the imagination to consider what the ghost goat would do, and so she lived. Which is just as well, which is, in fact, wonderful. Because without the goat, Beatrice surely would have died. And then where would we be? Now, technically, that's the end of the chapter, but I know it was short. So we're going to just go ahead and read chapter two. All of this took place during a time of war. Sadly, this does not distinguish it from any other time. It was always a time of war. Brother Edic was the one who found her. The world that morning was coated in a layer of hoarfrost, and the brother was late to the task of feeding Anzuelica because he had stood for too long admiring the light of the rising sun shining on the blades of grass and the branches of the trees. The whole world seemed lit from within. Surely it is evidence of something, Brother Edic said aloud. Surely such beauty means something. He stood and looked at the world until the cold made his hands ache and he came at last to his senses. He trembled as he entered the barn, certain that Answelica, displeased at his lateness, was already plotting against him. But he was surprised to find the goat asleep, her legs folded beneath her, her back to him. What new ploy was this? Brother Edic cleared his throat. He put down the bucket. Still, the goat did not move. He stepped closer. He gasped. His mind was playing tricks on him. Or rather, it was his eye playing tricks. His left eye, which would not stay quiet and still, but rolled around in his head, looking for something it had yet to find. Some demon occupies that eye, Brother Edic's father had said and that demon has made its way into your mind as well. And now, in the early morning gloom of the barn, Brother Edict's wandering eye, his strange mind, was seeing a goat with two heads. Have mercy upon us, whispered Brother Edict. Answelica with one head was already more than the brothers could bear. How could they live with a goat if she had two heads and two sets of teeth? She would upend the order of the universe. She would put the king from his castle, and Swelica with two heads would be a creature capable of ruling the world. The brother took a tentative step forward. He squinted and saw that the other head belonged to a child curled up beside the goat. Brother Edic let out a sigh of relief. And then a new wave of terror engulfed him when he realized that the child had hold of one of the goat's ears. And that's the end of the chapter. So I am heavily invested in this story already. 
I'm not going to lie. I've read about half of it and it is so good. 100% recommending this book. I'm sure it's going to be up for awards, the Newberry at least. You can find this book in the library once I'm done reading it. You can also find this book on Digital Johnson County. So if you want to listen to the audio version or if you have a tablet or a dedicated e-reader like a Kindle, you can download the book through Digital Johnson County that way. If you like this type of historical fiction that's set in the Middle Ages and has various characters in each of the chapters, I would also highly recommend The Inquisitor's Tale by Adam Gidwitz. It was published a couple years ago. It is delightful as well. And I will link some other read-alikes in the show notes so that you can explore those things if you're interested. Again, this is a middle grade book by Kate D. Camillo and illustrated by Sophie Blackhall, and it is The Beatrice Prophecy. I hope you found that chapter intriguing enough to check it out. If not, well, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. Join me next time for another Next Reads. Thanks.